Your chances of being seriously <laughs> injured or dying as a result of taking part are high. Individuals who have taken part in past adventures have been permanently disfigured, seriously disabled, and even lost their life. Wow. I'm Michael DeRogers, the host of the Attempt Adventure podcast. In March 2024, I will be heading to Sri Lanka to join the Rickshaw Run, an auto rickshaw or tuk-tuk race across the island country in what the adventurists, the organizers of the run, describe as a glorified lawnmower. And I somehow convinced my brother and our mom to come along with me. I can't stress how little any of us know about what we're actually getting ourselves into. There's no set route, and the adventurists provide very little support save for two days of basic mechanics and driving classes. We are going to get lost, we're going to be uncomfortable, and we're going to get so mad at each other at times. But we're going to come out on the other side with an amazing story to tell and, I'm sure, having grown even closer together as a family. This season of the podcast is going to be a little different. I'm going to be documenting our entire journey from the planning stages through the finish line party. In this episode of the Attempt Adventure podcast, you can listen as we sign up for the rickshaw run and seek out some much-needed emotional support from an adventurous friend. It all began over a year ago when we decided to take the plunge, pay the registration fee, and officially put our names on the list to join the Rickshaw Run, March 2024. Confirm your place in the Rickshaw Run. What's your team name going to be? Okay, Team Mama's Boys. Okay, are y'all happy with that? Yeah, I'm good. Describe your team. Um, We are a family team of a mom (laughs) and two adult sons. Go. (laughs) Okay, how do you guys feel about all of this? At this point, I'd like to take a moment to introduce my co-hosts for the season. I think it'll be fun. Kyle DeRosiers is my brother. He's a journalist who lives in Boston, Massachusetts. He's pretty adventurous as well, having lived abroad in Turkey, Germany, and Israel, and worked as an intern at Rocky Mountain National Park in Colorado. Yeah, yeah, it'd certainly be um, something different to do. We've loved we've loved our trips in Asia. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's it's you know so far in advance that it's like it's not really a. Like, yeah, that sounds fun. Kim DeRosiers is our mother. She's a recently retired civil engineer and school teacher who lives in our home state of Texas. She's a huge world traveler and one of my inspirations for being open-minded and adventurous. However, I could tell that she was starting to feel maybe a little nervous about this sort of adventure. It'll be fun, guys. Okay, that sounds good. It'll be a bonding experience. It will be a bonding... We'll never forget it, I'm sure. No. No, we won't. I've been living as an expat in Bangkok, Thailand for the past decade. With years of COVID lockdowns, not to mention the general cost and difficulty of flying back to the U.S., we just don't get to all three be in the same place all that often. For me, I see this adventure as more than just a fun thing to do. I think it's going to be a really wonderful family experience and something that we are really going to cherish, especially when we look back after it's all over. And we know who to blame if things go wrong. That's that's true. So the three of us are Team Mama's Boys. As the three most adventurous people in the family, we've decided to embark on this adventure together. As we began chatting about some things we needed to prepare, the conversation turned to some of the hazards that we might face on the road. Mechanical and mental breakdowns, getting lost, rain, tropical diseases, and wild animals. And there's no protection from tigers on that tuk-tuk. You go 30 miles an hour. How fast do tigers run? I imagine more than 30 miles an hour. Aren't they like some of the fastest land animals? I mean, cheetahs for sure. (laughs) Tigers. So it turns out that tigers can run up to 40 miles an hour. The good news is there are actually no wild tigers in Sri Lanka, so we won't have to worry about that. The bad news is that there are leopards who can also run up to 40 miles per hour. And while our chances of running into a leopard are rare, 
we learn that they are far from the most dangerous animal on the small island country. There are deadly snakes, such as the King Cobra, the Ceylon Crate, and the Russell's Viper, whose venomous bite can coagulate human blood in seconds. Just under half of Sri Lanka's 100 snake species are thought to be venomous, and about 21 are considered to be deadly. Then there are the scorpions, wild monkeys, tarantulas, crocodiles, and mosquitoes, which are a vector for tropical disease and kill more humans every year than any other creature on Earth, serving as a reminder for us to visit a tropical disease clinic before we depart to make sure our jabs are up to date. As time got closer, I could tell that my family was maybe starting to get a little nervous, so I decided to call up my friend Scott Gurian, the host of the Far From Home podcast and probably one of the most adventurous people I know. Scott and his brother Drew have not been on the rickshaw run, but they did join the adventurous on the Mongol Rally, a much more intense six-week road trip from London to Mongolia. About three months before the rally, I called up Scott and Drew for some encouragement and advice. Packing is definitely, I think, going to be the biggest challenge when you're in a rickshaw. That's Scott Gurian, who documented his journey across Europe and Asia on his podcast, Far From Home, which you can listen to by following the link in the show notes. Just because you have so little space... So you've really got to, I mean, I guess you could start with all the things ideally you'd like to have, but then you've got to kind of winnow it down and say, you know, this is the limit for each person. And then, and then these are the items as a team that we want to bring. Yeah, it's a little bit of a comfort level of, you know, the things you feel like you need to have to prepare. Uh, but then also realizing what are the things that you could easily find along the way. Everyone in, in Sri Lanka drives, you know, so many people drive rickshaws, they'll probably have the parts, know how to fix it, you know, so there's certain things you won't need to buy, you know, or you'll, you'll probably most places be able to find food unless you're in a really rural area, you know, um, obviously you want to have clean drinking water, you want to, you know, maybe when I travel like to the developing world, I usually bring some Cipro with me, just, you know, mm. antibiotics. If you know, you never know what you're going to eat and get, you know, sick. So that's probably a good idea. Is it literally like you each have, you're each allowed a backpack? Like not, I'm not talking like a backpacking backpack, like a small backpack full I mean, of whatever you're bringing. And you like put it on the roof with like some straps or like netting or something. That's Drew Gurian, Scott's brother, who joined Scott on the Mongol rally and documented the adventure photographically. That's kind of what I'm imagining is going to, you know, is how it's going to have to be. I think there's a small space. It's maybe maybe a foot wide, you know, in the back <laughs> behind the seat. The more I think about it, the more concerned I am with how we're all going to fit our stuff in the back of a rickshaw. I mean, it's going to be two weeks in the country and we have nowhere to leave our luggage. We're going to have to carry everything with us. Now, I've traveled with my mom and my brother before and between mom's toiletries and Kyle's hair product, I don't know how I'm going to have much room for my belongings. The conversation turned to how we could get the most out of the adventure. How much planning should we actually put into preparing for this trip? How can we balance spontaneity with preparedness in order to get the most out of this adventure? I I think that the level of planning that you do is literally your own personal or group journey. Like Scott is much more of the planner between the two of us. And, you know, in certain ways you could say we were over-prepared but in other regards, I don't think that, you know, a, a lot of the teams that do, I'm sure a lot of the different adventurist rallies, it, it, including the Mongol rally are like kids right out of university who are like 20 years old and they do this before getting their first job, who, you know, in our eyes, being a little bit older and 
you know, without sounding snobby, maybe having a little bit more life experience. I think we tried to plan a little bit more than maybe a 20 year old kid out of school would. Right. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know if that necessarily worked in our favor or, or not. I don't think that there's a, a, a necessarily like an appropriate answer other than do whatever is comfortable for you. And in this case, for, for your mother as well, I'm sure you're all going to be pushed in your own way, but it's like f- finding a common ground for everybody. So, well, and that's the good, great thing when you have your own tra- form of transportation, you can stop wherever and whenever you'd like. Um, so if you see something on the side of the road that looks cool, like stop there, try to you know, interact with the locals. And, and I mean, I, I think that's part of kind of the whole gimmick of these, you know, events at the adventurous plan is that you're driving vehicles, whether it's cars or rickshaws or whatever it is, vehicles that are totally unsuitable for the journey right. so that you, there's a <laughs> high likelihood that you may break down or run into problems and therefore you, you're forced to interact with the locals. Um, but definitely um, don't see that as an impediment, like see that as an opportunity. And uh, I mean, certainly if you're breaking down every 10 miles, then it gets to be an impediment. It can be really annoying. Um, I say speaking from experience, but uh, yeah, no, just try to see the opportunity in that. And really, you know, you're getting a chance to see the vast, I I guess, probably the center of of this country that, you know, not a lot of people go to to begin with. And and you're especially going way off the beaten path um, to really kind of relish that. I also got some good practical advice for documenting the trip. Unlike Scott, I'm not a professional journalist. Kyle is, but his expertise is in writing, not in audio. I'm amateur at best, and the advice was invaluable. I mean, the the nice thing with digital audio is you could never record too much. It's not like you'll run out of tape. I mean, a a little, you know, digital flashcard, you could get hours and hours of material and, and you could have extra ones. So, you know, you have plenty of space. So I err on the side of recording more than less. Um, obviously, make sure you have extra batteries, all of that kind of stuff. What I try to do, because I come from an audio documentary background, I mean, I started as a journalist, then I got more into documentary work. Um, so I'm really trying to capture scenes of like, what's actually going on? What does it look like? What does it smell like? What does it sound like? Um, and you're really, I mean, you're, you're serving as the eyes and ears for the listener. The thing is, on a journey like this, there's going to be so much that's happening. It's just your senses are going to be bombarded and you're going to forget a lot. So I would say use every opportunity you can to like take notes of this is what happened today. Even you could even just use whether it's recording your thing or even just using the voice memo app on your phone just to record, even if it's not audio you're using, just stuff for yourself to have to remember later on when you're going to put these stories together. Just err on the side of recording more than less, I would say. I would just say to like make your teammates, you know, fully aware of what you're trying to do and that you, the goal is literally to record everything, the good and the bad. Um, and I say that from, from experience on our trip, cause I can remember moments where, you know, we slept in the car and we're lost in the middle of nowhere or a car was broken down, what have you. And we're all sort of in like bad moods and starving because we didn't actually eat dinner, whatever it was. And Scott like has a microphone in my face and, you know, he's asking me like how I'm doing and what I think about what just happened. And like, I understand what he's doing because uh-huh. we're brothers and I, you know, but, but it, but it is, unless it's something you're used to, it can, I, it could kind of be annoying or um, it's like, I don't want to talk right now. I'm like, I'm having a horrible time. Well, yeah, that's what I'm trying <laughs> to document though. So I think that's important just to like, let them know what your, your intentions are there so that that's sort of put out there ahead of time. 
is there any good way to back up without bringing a laptop just to do like a, a simple download and backup of uh like i know for for photos like mm -hmm. i have an sd card reader for my phone oh yeah i can download i have one photos of those that's a great idea my camera i'm not sure if you can do something similar with audio files probably could use the files app on the like apple files and and send it that way that would be good to be to be able to have it to just have redundancy there yeah yeah oh you put you take the card out of your recorder put it in this thing and then wireless by bluetooth or whatever send it to the phone oh, okay no it's just it plugs into your your port on your phone oh okay. and it's a it's, okay. it's a card reader that has a cord that goes into the bottom of your iphone got it okay okay just yeah. for sd cards okay okay a lot of times just to be safe unless i'm really running out of space even after i back things up until i'm like finally editing together the story or whatever sometimes i'll still leave the audio on my card in the recorder just as a backup on there um so, I mean, the cards are so tiny that you can bring several of them. You you, you shouldn't have any problem with running out of space. Okay. That should be fine. Like I said, and just you want to bring extra batteries, obviously. Drew also gave me some great advice about documenting the journey via photographs and video. While I'll mainly be documenting the adventure via audio, I do plan to take lots of video as well, and I want to make a little short film when we get back. I mean, I brought, I brought a small camera with me that had, you know, two interchangeable lenses, but like a very small rangefinder style camera. Um, and uh, yeah, just keep keep what, whatever you bring, keep it as simple as possible, whatever that is. The nice thing with um, taking pictures with your phone is that it will usually geotag them. Um, just, mm -hmm. I mean, go into the settings and make sure that's turned on or whatever. But even when you're out of cell phone range, somehow it, it saves like the coordinates. Um, which is a really nice feature. So you could look back later on and, you know, look it up and see exactly where this was. And it's like super cool. So there's certain, you know, like pictures or we're trying to remember, oh, in our journey, this crazy thing happened. Where was that again? And I'll find a picture and I'll, I'll be able to like zoom way in. Oh, it was exactly at that place. Um, so that's, that's a really cool feature. We talked about how the adventure might change us and might bring us closer together as a family. I mean, I imagine that myself and my brother especially are going to get really mad at each other at points on the journey. You know, and I'm sure as brothers, you can understand that. But um, I mean, do you think that your relationship as brothers changed over the course of the adventure? I mean, certainly when you're cramped in a little tiny, tiny vehicle for weeks <laughs> and even months on end, um, you know, your uh, tensions come out, even not just between the two of us, also with our other two teammates, yeah. these two women we were with, they were driving in a separate car. But yeah, there's there are stressful moments, there are annoying moments there, you know, and sometimes people, you know, when you're put in this situation, you're inevitably on edge at certain points. Um, so yes, it, it can be uh, annoying and frustrating. And, uh, you know, but just recognize it's because of the situation that you've been all been put in. And, you know, maybe people are a little more on edge than they normally would just because they've never been in this situation and it's overwhelming and um, maybe people are just really uncomfortable. And, you know, if you've never done anything like this before, you could be way out of your comfort zone. And so, you know, it's someone might react a little bit differently than they normally would. So just kind of, I guess, be open sure. and, and aware of that. Sure. And I guess ultimately we wouldn't be doing something so stupid like this if we didn't like at the end of the day, like each other. Right. Sure, <laughs> you know, anyway. sure, sure. Right. Yeah. right. I, I do think that it, that it does. I mean, I, I can't point it to any way to anything in particular, but I would say that it's strengthened our relationship as brothers in that 
you're forced to work through a lot of issues along the way and you you have to sort of lean on each other's strengths and i think you 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 see those things that you like his preparedness in certain ways definitely came out in a very positive way um and and i'm sure there's certain <laughs> certain characteristics that i have that may have been helpful um but yeah i mean it's it's a challenge all around and and just being able to lean on each other and like have a sense of resilience that you have as a team is incredibly important. And finally, the brothers gave me some much needed encouragement and support to pass on to my family. Very cool. I, th- I think, I think it'll be great. I think you'll love it. <laughs> as long as we make it back alive, we're happy. That's yeah. it. <laughs> no, it's, I'm sure it's going to be amazing. Yeah. And, and there's going to be plenty of other rally teams with you. I'm sure if it's like our trip, you know, I'm sure you'll, constantly run into other groups along the way i mean you all choose your own route but i'm sure there'll be at least some that are going on whatever route you choose i mean i don't think the island of sri lanka is that big um so uh you know you'll you'll constantly be running into other people if you know Mm -hmm. worst case scenario someone else could help you out in some way probably so it'll be fun yeah it'll be so much fun i'm looking forward to it it's going to be great to to uh just have a break from real life for a while you know and just do something kind of irresponsible and, and crazy. <laughs> yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely. Well, gosh, guys, cannot thank you enough. Um, just really appreciate your time today. It was super helpful. Yeah, of course. Well, best, best of luck. luck. Happy holidays. Yeah. So we're really doing this. We've paid for the adventure and there's no backing out now. I still don't know how I convinced my mom to join me on this. She's really adventurous, but she also likes comfort when she travels. But when the idea first came to me, thanks in part to the inspiration that Scott gave me when I interviewed him about his adventure in Mongolia on this podcast, which you can listen to, Season 2, Episode 7. Do check it out. It's a great episode. It was just sort of at the right time. My 96-year-old grandmother had just passed, and I had come back to the U.S. for a funeral. While preparing for the funeral, we were looking through some of her old photos, and we saw about the adventures she had had, the travels that she had had around the world. And while I don't think that Nana would have been interested in doing anything like this, I do think that she would have been proud of us for this kind of adventure. I think this is more exciting than anything Nana did. Now, I would have liked to have her reactions to this. That would have been funny. Yeah, I wouldn't have even told her. She would have She would have thought you were crazy. And maybe you are. In the next episode, we buckle down and prepare some practicalities for the adventure. I hire a Sinhala teacher to teach us some of the basics and to answer all of our questions about Sri Lanka. And we reach a major fundraising milestone and have to do something embarrassing. Stay tuned for the second episode of the Team Mama's Boys Sri Lanka special coming soon. Special thanks to Scott Andrew Gurian for taking the time to give me practical advice, help, and support in planning and documenting this adventure. We would also like to thank those of you who have made a donation to one of our two charities that we are supporting. Jay and Liz Stepp, Ashley Barnett, John and Wendy Tinker, Lang Club Inc., Michelle and Bobby Turner, Marilyn H., Julie Yor, Melissa Thornton, Leanne and Cliff Omo, Alex N., and those of you who have given anonymously. If you'd like to make a donation of any size, you can visit the link below in the show notes. Every penny you give will go directly to our charities. And if you donate just $10 or more, you too can get a shout out on this show. After all, that's what this adventure is all about. It's about doing something good for the world while having a bit of fun along the way. So until next time, keep adventuring.